0: Hey, friends, welcome to the Rhythms for Life podcast, where each week we talk about four rhythms that help you reduce stress and anxiety and take charge of your emotional health. Rest, restore, connect, create.
1: These ideas come from Rebecca's best selling book, Rhythms of Renewal Trading Stress and Anxiety for a Life of Peace and Purpose. So grab your copy, invite your friends, and let's live in rhythm.
0: Welcome back. It's Rebecca.
1: And I'm Gabe. And it's Cinco de Mayo. (laughs) Cinco de Mayo.
0: It's a little different than you were imagining
1: it would be this year. I know. I feel like um, we
0: need a mariachi band about now.
1: Well, you know, I just a friend was just telling me that a local restaurant, that in our community, they've changed the laws for this season to where you can go drive by and get wine. And get a
0: margarita. And
1: margaritas.
0: And I was like, wait a minute. Help me understand this.
1: Yeah. So people are driving by, (laughs) getting double fisting margaritas and then driving off. Go so for Cinco Hater. de Mayo, we are not recommending are not, anybody do no. that because well, that just doesn't seem like a great idea.
0: On the record, we are not recommending that. Yes, that's <laughs>
1: correct. But we hope you're doing something yes, fun today. do
0: something if you can. If the sun is shining in your city, go outside. Put a little umbrella in a cup of whatever it is you're drinking and right. just be like, we survived eight weeks, guys.
1: And may the fourth be with you. <laughs> Sorry. Stop. We haven't gotten out a lot. <laughs> yeah, can so you tell? We just try We're to crack each other up each all of our day. ridiculous
0: jokes. Um, but
1: we hope you're doing well. May's I know. a good month. It's good. It's good that My May's birthday, here. birthday,
0: Mother's Day.
1: Oh, usually I, around the same like day. Do you like
0: how I just slip that in so know, that Gabe wouldn't forget?
1: But there was one year when I tried to do the combo deal, and that did not end well.
0: Well, here's the thing. I was born on Mother's Day, so every few years it falls on the same day. And even on the years it doesn't. It still becomes a combo. Day. No, it doesn't. I, that is not true. Some years. I
1: always try to make a No, Now, it's okay. I will say from the kids, you're going to probably get one it's true. heartfelt card. Yes. It's hard for kids or Yeah, teenagers they're like, to, Happy
0: Mother's Day, birthday. Yeah,
1: we love you. We mom. love you. You're amazing. <laughs> Best mom ever.
2: Exactly. But in
1: terms of the gift giving, I, I have to step it up. And I mean, we won't even get into gift giving. That should be like a whole other episode should. of our history of gifts. Oh, man. Rebecca returns 90% well, of the gifts no. that I buy her. No, if if she doesn't started, know, I'm buying it. So now, now I ha- I literally just figure out. Tell me what you want, and I buy right. what she wants. Well, but I like surprises.
0: I do and like this surprises. But early on in marriage, he liked to wow me with like really nice gifts. So when I was turning 24, maybe
1: was this in college? No, we had only been married, married
0: okay. like a year. And for my birthday, you gave me this knob <laughs> golf shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and squirts. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I
1: really wanted and you so to play golf. And, just, and if just anybody is right familiar outfit. with the
0: brand Fassinable, or it's called Fasanab. it's Parisian. Is that still out? I don't even know, still a but thing. I know that the whole outfit, I priced it at Nordstrom. Are there and it was still like stores in the mall? $320. So of course, I immediately returned that to yeah. the store and I was like, her
1: frugality, I could buy at
0: least six pairs of shoes on clearance
1: for yeah, that price. Her frugality gets in the way of me giving her great gifts. So gift, the, the gift giving is not your love language. No, it's quality I love time. gifts,
0: but like the style of that outfit too was like Plads. very preppy. Yeah. And All
1: right, we digress. Yeah. Sorry, We'll, we'll guys. save it for for another episode because that's probably but a I do think here's
0: the, the bigger point here is for for the women for the mamas it is not a bad thing to give a little guidance to the other person to just say hey but it'd this, be better
1: if it was a list of like five well and maybe I could if pick you one? gave her a
0: survey favorite flower favorite food favorite brand favorite yeah. cologne and a budget well sure
1: okay I mean that's important for you that I don't overspend because well, I tend to yeah
0: but if I absolutely loved it I probably wouldn't return it but
1: yeah. Like that um, KitchenAid. So, aid, I, so, um, so
0: for men this? listening for Mother's Day, slip a little survey like across the table. Slip
1: a little survey, guys. <laughs> Just kind of slip it in next time Stop. you have a chance. And we will learn and, more about and and it helps
0: for the kids too because kids they want to know what they can get you. And They're always like, "Why can't we get you?" And you're not going to be like, "Okay, here's what you can get me," because that's weird. But yeah. if there's like money. something ten dollars or less that's still your favorite flower or your favorite candy bar or your favorite coffee, yeah, the kids yeah. feel like they got you something you're not going to return.
1: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> if you have to eat it. It's likely not getting returned. Well, we're excited to have a conversation today, and we are talking about the subject matter of. Stay, which is pretty funny because most of us have had no choice. (laughs) You have been forced to stay. And when you stay, there's a lot of challenges that can come with that, but there's also some really good things.
0: Well, for those of us who have been um, self professed runners, like I write about this in my first book, Free Fall to Flight, that I finally acknowledged that fight or flight was kind of my mode of operating. And that tends to be because you're just running from something hard and you don't want to face it or acknowledge it. And distraction becomes the perfect way to keep you from ever having to sit in something for a long time. And so I had to wrestle that down. We got to New York because I remember this one moment, it was dead of winter, Central Park. It felt like it was never going to end. And I just kept hearing stay. And I'm like, I don't want to be in Manhattan anymore. I want to leave. I want to leave these panic attacks and all that stuff. But stay was very clear for me. And that's when we learn. And one thing you're going to hear in this episode that I would encourage you to take heart in is, is the idea of resistance in your life. When you encounter it, what are you prone to do and why? And then we're going to hear on what to do with that.
1: So let's listen in to Aunt Julie Pascal and her new book, Stay, Discovering Grace, Freedom, and Wholeness, Where You Never Imagine Looking, and hear what she has to say.
0: Well, Welcome, Julie. It's so nice to connect with you here on the
2: Rhythms for Life podcast this week. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, Gabe. It is so great to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, we, uh, we're we so glad to have you on because your story and the way you write and think about a moment like we're all in right now is so helpful and important. And I want to kind of unpack that because you just recently wrote a book called Stay. And the idea behind that is we can't run from our problems. We can't just distract ourselves. And I feel like for most of us, this whole season has brought on for many of us a realization that we've been distracting ourselves a lot. Like we don't stay. (laughs) Instead, we tend to go and we try to cover those things up. So catch us up on your story and why this whole idea became so important for you.
2: Yeah, I think it's a really interesting time that we're in with the COVID-19 and exactly what you said, Gabe, we are runners and we stay busy. And anytime we have something that's a little bit painful inside of us triggered, we have a lot of strategies to cover, avoid, and hide and just keep going. So I am so one of those people who has lived my life running. Um, Because as soon as I would stop, it was really scary. And I think I would call it painful self-awareness, right? So it's like, and the moment I stop. And then everything comes up, and it's terrifying. And so, I ran, ran, ran hard um, till I was about in my mid twenties when I was really at a, a faith crisis. I was in seminary. I was working at a church. I was doing all the right things, and I was inside. I was dying, and I was drowning, and I was on the verge of like, this. This isn't working. Like Christianity, it, it's it's not working. And so I actually um, went on a three week isolated retreat. And that's a, imagine this. So I'm on an island in a little cabin all by myself for 21 days, no phone, no exercising, no entertainment.
1: You were quarantined.
2: <laughs> I was quarantined. Yeah, I have experience in this. <laughs> Self quarantine. Yeah. And it was this moment in my life where I really had to face me. And through that experience, it radically changed my life and what it meant to follow Jesus and how actually staying is what allowed me to understand the love of God in my heart and not just know it in my head. So back up
0: to your running, okay? So you're running till your mid-20s. What were you running from?
2: I was running from pain. I think I was running a lot from the fear. Like, there was just so much fear that felt so big and paralyzing. And so it was like anything I could do to not feel the fear. I and would what do was it. the fear of? Oh, you know what? That's a great question. I think some of that was myself, like um, the deep, scary thoughts, some of the secrets, the shame and guilt. And then I'd also say it was um, life experiences, so painful relationships, some trauma. And um, it was just too much. And so, what
1: was your, what was, what was the way you ran? Cause I know each of us have our own ways. Like for me, running is to distract myself with just a hundred tasks to do and stay busy and not think about it. It's not necessarily running to some other place. It's more of mentally just going somewhere where I don't have to deal with myself. But from, for you, yeah. yeah, what, what do you, what did you find yourself like running to, to distract yourself?
2: Uh, I think it would be people and relationships. And I think I used actual, actually a lot of spiritual disciplines to distract me. There is a way you can engage in spiritual disciplines where it's actually avoiding God, and I did that a lot.
1: Wow. I mean, that's a deep thought. Talk more about that. What, what does that mean for people who are listening or going, wait, I thought the spiritual disciplines, and I thought me spending time, you know, whether it's in study or prayer or fasting— like these things were bringing me closer to God, but you're saying it can do the opposite?
2: Yeah, it really can if there's not an an awareness of your internal world. And I, this would be a perfect example. I would spend um, time in the Word, and then I would be driving somewhere, and I would see somebody. And it would trigger, like, jealousy and anger. And so what I would do is I would turn on the worship music in my car really loud. <laughs> And so I would actually not want to experience my jealousy, um, or, or or my sin, and instead I would cover that up with really loud worship music that made me feel better.
0: Hmm, that's interesting. Interesting how religion, from whatever age we begin to adopt those practices, if it's out of uh, running or out of like flesh, right? I think about the difference between like the law and the promise. So often the law becomes the thing that enslaves us because we're trying to fulfill something of the flesh and escape or numb. And you use that language, um, escape or numb. And and then I thought it was interesting. It's like, what if we just simply stay? And I'm, I think what's ironic is it's not simple at all to stay. <laughs> I have found that to be my story. I finally acknowledged that I was a literal runner in high school. Like when I got home, there was enough that I needed to not be present for in my actual four walls that I would just run like miles around my neighborhood. And I still do that to this day, like quarantine right now. You walk more than you run. (laughs) I'm not quite the athlete I was several decades ago, but there is very much like if I don't get out of here right now, I'm going to yeah. say something. No, I remember. I'm regret. <laughs> I remember in our
1: first year of marriage, um, we had like one of our first epic fights as a couple, and in, in those first few—I mean, this was probably, yeah, a, was few probably in, was, was a few months in. It was—it was kind of scary because it was like, wait, I didn't know you could be married and have a fight like this. And—and and yeah. I just remember Rebecca I
0: threw like a slice <laughs> of Velveeta cheese at you. Yes, like, you did. The kitchen. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> and I ate
2: it.
1: And but he ate it. But after that, she care. left. So she left the apartment. <laughs> And she stormed out. And I remember after about 30 minutes, I was like, Is she coming back? (laughs) Like, where is she going?
0: Problem is, the apartment complex was not that big. So basically, people watched me like circle it, muttering. (laughs) <laughs> probably cuss words under my breath. Come on, you don't cuss. <laughs> right? No. Well, maybe. Maybe whispers. But I was, I didn't know what to do with that feeling and I was like, I've got to run this off. i got to work this off. I can't yeah, go back in away. there until I pull, pull it together. But I don't know how, if this looked like this for you, but conflict avoidance was kind of how I was raised. And so I think all the more that perpetuates the running, because you can't resolve it. You can't stay in the room. Kurt Thompson, who we, who is a psychiatrist uh, we've had on this podcast, he's always about like, can I show you every part of me and you'll still stay in the room? And that's so interesting that that word is, is what you're talking about, because really that's It's answering that question that a lot of us who want to run are asking, which is, am I too much for somebody Mm -hmm. or are they too much for me or how am I too much for myself, like how I'm responding to something so that I now have to run from this circumstance to have a little bit of an escape. So tell us how you did this sabbatical, but then did that shift everything for you? Like what surfaced in that place and how did that? Shift how you even saw this idea of staying?
2: Yeah, staying can be so powerful, right? Especially if it's with people um, and what it means to create space for people. But when I came back from my three week retreat, I wish everything magically changed (laughs) and didn't. Um, And I, I realized, you know, I had so much transformation when I was able to stay with myself and God and like deal with some of those really dark demons. But I know that that's not a reality for me to do again. And it's not a reality for everybody to do even in their lifetime. And so I really started thinking like, what does it look like to stay every moment of my life? And you mentioned the word hard, Rebecca, like it's hard. It's hard. And yet there's also something that's easy to it. And um, I think we can, can look at stay Through different lenses, where there's like small places where we stay and larger places, and then the really big places. And I think for people who want to um, kind of step into the courage of staying, I would really invite them to pay attention to the places in their lives where they are experiencing the most resistance.
0: Hmm.
2: And resistance becomes the greatest gift for a believer because then we can start to see, like, I mean, think about a small way in your life right now. I mean, is there something small in your life where you're resistant? It can be like returning a text message or when you're on Instagram and you're scrolling and you scroll, you don't want to see someone's post because they trigger something in you. Is it engaging with your children? You know, And we start to see these places of resistance in our lives, smaller and even bigger ones like the person you avoid at church or larger things like, trauma in our lives and and as we start to pay attention to this resistance we notice that these are invitations from God where we can stay.
0: I love that you talked about how it's hard but it's also simple. The resistance for me and I think I think that's helpful for us to name it. And a lot of time it is in relationship, right? Because a lot of the trauma comes from relationship and healing has to happen in relationship. In different seasons of our lives and I'm I'm wondering what to do when that resistance comes, like when it triggers something, like you said, and you'd rather just avoid it. What do you tell the reader to do? Like, what what's your first piece of advice? If you, maybe you're experiencing resistance in your spouse or your children, you know that you can't just avoid them. I mean, you can maybe for like a couple hours, but eventually you have to you have to confront that or at least acknowledge it. I do think things like that are a little bit tiered beyond that, whether it's someone just just in a friend circle or someone online, I think a lot of people would just be tempted to go, I don't even want to confront that. I'd just rather just kind of remove that. So what would you say to them?
2: I would say, well, first of all, it's, it is interesting when you start to pay attention to resistance, you see that it's everywhere in your life. Mm-hmm. You're at the kitchen sink and you have Memories or feelings, and we have all these strategies we've created to not deal with them. And I would say, here's an example for me right now. Like during this COVID 19, I am on a lot of group text messages. (laughs) I don't know about you. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm in one right now, and there's a person on that text um, group that has been a really painful relationship for me. And so every time I hear the ding from my phone, I, hear, I feel a pang in my heart. And I look at that text message, and I, I actually put my phone down, and I avoid it. And I think that resistance, that moment, actually can become this invitation of God. There it is again. That pain is still there. There's some forgiveness I still need to step into. And I'm so tempted to run away because the pain is so great. But here I am, and here you are.
0: I think practically— for the listener, if there's resistance in relationship,
2: at what part of healing are you required to go to that person? That takes a great amount of discernment. Because in this particular case for me, there is, there is um, no more the forgiveness verbally has happened. There's emotional healing and forgiveness that I still need to do. And I feel like these moments um, where I stay and engage my resistance Becomes another step in that healing process.
1: Yeah, because you feel it, and then you know, you know, you know where you're at in that journey with that particular person. Sometimes, I mean, there can be people you've actually worked through it with, but there's still some lingering. There's a lingering sense that this isn't complete, and we're not to a full place of resolve. And yet, for this season, it's just a little hard. It's hard to hear the voice. It's hard to see the message. It's hard not to go back to some of those those thoughts. But as you think about resistance in other areas of your life, I know you have a family, you have children, you you guys. I'm sure, like every other family, during this particular season, that's all in your face: your your spouse, your children, those relationships. Um, I know for people, Rebecca and I have spent a lot of time with just talking, whether it's our Zoom dates we do with people, uh, or just in conversation. That a lot of things have come to the surface, and so for listeners who are hearing this message of hey stay and even relationally push into the resistance how would you advise doing that with your family or with your closest friends when you know you've been distracting from some of these difficult things uh, for a long time we talked to a marriage counselor friend who just said the amount of conversations that are happening right now with couples who are on the edge of divorce because they've finally had to deal with some things they could not escape anymore are enormous so what advice would you have for couples or families who are going through some of the tough conversations right now.
2: Right. It's a really, it's a can be a really tense time for people who have been running. And that's where I I think this phrase keeps coming to mind. It's we're in a world pandemic, but there's also a soul pandemic happening in our world right now. And I want to be really clear also to say, you know, there are some abusive relationships where I would say, okay, that's that's a different category when we talk about staying. But I would say for families and relationships that are just pretty intense right now, that I, a really a illustration that helps me process this idea of staying is imagining the table of your soul. And at the table of your soul are many voices and many people. And now that we're actually literally in lockdown and at home is identifying the voices and people at your table and imagining what it's like that that God, that Jesus himself is pulling out a chair at the table of your soul and saying, come sit down. Like, here you're safe, here you're loved, here you're fed, here you're known. And as we become more comfortable and aware and loved at the table with Jesus, then it actually allows us the freedom to invite others to the table of our soul and actually engage with other people because as we know full acceptance and love through Christ Then we're able to, Rebecca, kind of referring back to what you said a while back of stay with people as they are and make space for them where we can strip relationships of manipulation and passive aggressive tendencies and say, hey, all of you is welcome
1: here. Yeah, that's good. Experiencing a healthcare need, especially when we feel isolated and alone, affects us emotionally and spiritually, as well as physically. Samaritan Ministries connects you to other members who will come alongside you through prayer, encouragement, and financial support for your medical need. And we know for many of you, this is a trying season, and there's lots of concern and fear about How do you take care of those in your family who are sick, and how do you deal with insurance, and how do you financially sustain yourself in a season where not everything is certain? I know for Rebecca and I, we've used a sharing service like this in a community of other Christians, and it's been remarkable. We've loved it, and we've had great confidence in it over a decade, and it's always been there for us to help meet the needs that our family has had. So recently. In our community, in our workplace, maybe even our healthcare need has changed, but as Christians, we know that God remains the same, faithful, loving, and trustworthy. So be encouraged, for we're reminded in Romans 15 that the God of hope will fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him. So you can learn more about Samaritan Ministries at podcast. Well, we love to talk about rhythms on this podcast and I'm curious for you you live in Southern California. I'm sure you enjoy getting out in nature and that probably does something for your soul. I'm guessing I know it does for Rebecca. Her favorite place in the world is to be near the ocean. Oh, um because sure. you grew, grew up, up in Florida. Yeah, 10 minutes from the from the ocean. But tell us about your rhythms. What are what are the ways that you get restored. And, so and we that talk you about you can stay. Yeah. Because if if you're asking yourself to stay or anybody to stay in a situation, that's hard to do when you are depleted of your energy. You haven't rested or restored. So maybe give us a little sense of how you do that.
2: Sure. I think really for me it is this deep yearning in my heart to stay awake to the love of God. And that's um, that kind of changes from day to day. But oftentimes it is the morning where sometimes even I even like tap my chest, you know. Or it's like sometimes it's that internal and external meeting. So it's like waking up my soul. It is sometimes lighting a candle. It is sometimes really that simple prayer of God. I don't want to miss you. I don't want to miss you in relationship to people and what you're doing in my heart like i want to stay awake to the love you have for me the love you have for others but yeah it is
1: Yes, you have a morning routine that's to get you going in the day what about throughout the day do you have like are there physical exercises you love to get out and walk what are the ways you or your family kind of exercise
2: it sounds so simple Gabe, I wish it was this like really amazing answer, but it can be for me really simply drinking water. (laughs) And as a mom to five little kids, it's like I sometimes forget to drink water and eat lunch. And it's this moment of like, oh, God, you are restoring my soul. I need to drink water. I hear that. (laughs) Right? I need to look up at the sky and remember that my problems are, are real problems, but God, you are bigger than this one moment of my child having a tantrum, you know, and it's engaging. Yes, through nature, but also doing things that restore my body. And it's like, okay, I I I can take a shower today. I have 15 minutes. I can get in the shower and just be quiet. So,
1: yeah, Rebecca is the same. I mean, Rebecca, there's often days it's dinner time, and she goes, "I haven't even eaten lunch." I only ate only ate one egg today and I'm looking at her like, are you serious? How is it possible <laughs> that it's five o'clock and you haven't eaten? Like I really value my meal times. I know.
0: <laughs> well, I can always tell by three o'clock if I'm starting to get a migraine. I was like, Oh, I haven't eaten. And and actually headaches come from dehydration. So that I agree with you. Cause I'm I never forget to drink coffee in the morning. Let's put it that way. But once, you know, eleven AM noon, one, two PM. I'm like, when did I actually drink a lot of water? So I, I get that. Part of that care, that self-care of going, I'm caring for a lot of littles around me. Did I remember me <laughs> in that? How, what are the ages of your kids?
2: Uh, 13 to 2.
0: Okay. Yeah. So you're full on in the thick. Now, do you normally homeschool or is this, this is a new thing for you as well, like every other person who doesn't yeah, normally so homeschool?
2: We do part-time homeschool. Okay, So that's pretty common in my area. So they go to a school physical building Tuesdays and Thursdays they their home Monday, Wednesday, Friday.
0: So you're already in this groove a little bit, you know, as far as kind of navigating work life, home life, parenting, co-parenting, all that good stuff. What's been the biggest surprise about this season for you guys in the last eight weeks?
2: Wow. I think one surprising one is there's been a lot of rest, and I had no idea how starved I was for rest. And I didn't. And I think, in regular life, I you know would rest, or so I thought I did. But this has really reshaped my understanding of rest, and I think I've been so thirsty for it. Um, it's also been a range of emotions that have been tricky, from fear to sadness and grief to anger. Um, and that has really surprised me About that I, I wasn't really prepared for.
0: Mm-hmm. Give the listener just an example of what rest in this season has been for you compared to what you thought you were already doing.
2: I think I, I realize um, how much I have been living for the expectations of others or trying to meet the expectations of others and I would say that, right, with having little kids. It's the hustle and the rush and the hurry and the get in the car and get your shoes and why didn't you go to the bathroom 10 minutes ago? And I realized, wow, all of that rushing was really because I was trying to live up to someone else's expectations. Mm -hmm. I don't want them to think that I'm you know, a lazy mom or I don't want them to think I can't handle all my life responsibilities. I want people to look at me and be like, wow, she's amazing. Look at her. She's totally crushing life. And that was a lot of living for um, the praise and worship of other people. And as that's not even an option right now, I've noticed, wow, Mm -hmm. that was really killing my soul. And I do not want to go back to that.
0: I definitely think I was telling Gabe, I was like, Gabe, I have not been late for anything in eight
2: weeks. (laughs) (laughs) That's
0: true. It's a record. I know. Because honestly, if most people were to define those moments of stress, anger, frustration, like triggers, right? A lot of those happen in transitions and the getting out the door. I think we've chilled out so much to the fact that we arrive places now and nobody has shoes on in the car. And we're all like, "Well, we yeah. actually can't walk into Target barefoot." That, that guys. happened today, by the way. That did my literally happen borrow, an hour ago.
1: She had to borrow oh, no. my shoes. <laughs> <That's so
0: funny. laughs> because we're just like, who needs shoes? Who needs to actually be
2: barely dressed? You know, it's yeah. like funny. I mean, like,
1: I haven't done my makeup in two months.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Can can your next book please be a parenting book on this on on forgetting shoes? Like, I, I no, our
1: parenting book we've been. We've been talking about it for over a decade, Rebecca. Do you want to reveal yeah, the title? Yeah, it's
0: going to be called Parenting from the Couch. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: It's all the things not to We're do,
0: trying to perfect it.
1: Where you so sit on the, the couch and you get so the older kids the to key take is care an, of the younger kids. <laughs> the key is
0: an open floor plan so you can see things <laughs> at all it. times yes. and hear them. Yes. And then when they come needing something, you say... Oh, go ask the da, da da, and then when they start to go ask the other person, we go love you, love <laughs> you.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a perfect plan. We'll we'll see when that book gets done, but uh, we, let's we should probably yeah. Well, we should yeah. probably see how our see, kids it's, turn it's out. It's the first. literal
0: <laughs> manifestation of staying. You know, we're really embodying what it means to stay as parents. We just stay
2: parked on the couch. I right. love it. I'll write your forward. Thank Britain's you. A bestseller.
1: Well, and Julie, it's been so fun talking to you and also for our listeners to just get to hear more about your perspective and story I think the timing of you helping us all think through what staying can look like and how God can use it to just not only redeem the time but shape us and take us deeper to where he really wants us to go is so encouraging so I hope, I hope this continues I hope your family uh, does well as the season continues and uh, I hope the book coming out is a fun experience for you
2: yeah thank you so much what a joy to be with you guys thank you
1: well, I hope you enjoyed listening to that conversation. But Rebecca, I'm I'm thinking we should get subtitles.
0: Yes, for parenting people from the to couch. submit them. Yeah, yeah. You're thinking what I'm thinking. I think
1: people would have great ideas. Hey, on this. and it,
0: nobody's allowed to steal that title because right. we have had that under our belt for about a decade. <laughs>
1: yeah, it'll probably <laughs> stay under the years, belt. Or 19 years,
0: to be exact, <laughs> when we started parenting.
1: It'll stay under the belt for 20 years, I bet. Maybe it's a chapter title.
0: I don't know. It's got a ring to it. But
1: yeah, send us <laughs> send us your best suggestions. And we really do hope you guys have a good Cinco de Mayo and hope that the month of May for you, even though the last couple months have been quite different for most of us, we're, we're hoping that the sun's coming out wherever mm-hmm. you're at and that you're planting a garden that your seeds are growing. Yes. And that, that new life is up. Maybe you even have
0: peonies up. because that's the May flower and it's beautiful.
1: Yeah, that's your favorite.
0: It is my favorite. See, look at you, knowing what I like.
1: Yep. so maybe I'll get you some peonies for your birthday. There you go. Or plant a bush. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) We hope you have a great week.